Welcome to the Cinderella Podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon, and today we watched Dick and Julia Covent Garden, filmed in 1975. And we're going to call this the English pantomime Cinderella for reasons that Liv will hopefully explain to me and us, but, but mostly me. I sure will. I promise. It's, it's unavoidable, actually. So, um, this is a very short Cinderella live action. It is taken from the middle of an hour-long special. It only has three people in it. It's got Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke, and Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner plays Saul in the Oceans 11, 12, and 13. He's like a really famous comedian. This was directed by Blake Edwards, who directed the original Pink Panther movies, who was married to Julie Andrews at this time. Oh my god. So, yeah, this is just a weird, long comedy show of people doing stuff and singing for no reason, but in the middle of it is a Cinderella that lasts an astonishingly short 9 minutes and 40 seconds, and yet somehow manages to be one of the best Cinderella's I've ever seen. So It packs a lot in. It really does. I would even go so far as to say that the actors are really, like, pulling double duty here and just taking <laughs> on a lot. A lot. A lot. Okay, so let's let's get started unpacking this treasure. Uh, Talon, how do we how do we start? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. We start with Julie Andrews in a Cinderella again. Hello, yeah. Julie Andrews. Uh, she is sitting there with a brown kerchief on her head, and she's sad, and she's sewing, and she's singing. We also are told that she lived in an old rundown castle with two ugly sisters stepsisters yeah so she's got this cute little brown corset on with like hip tabs on it that's sort of mm, pre-french revolution late 1700s style and a handkerchief sleeved and skirted underdress it's very pretty she's a little smudgy she's got a smudge she is she is beautiful but they have made an effort to in like a costumey like it is dirty themed rather yes. than being dirty mm -hmm. like she's wearing a cute outfit that's supposed to make her look like a peasant but it's cute yes the song that she's singing is called chasing rainbows and we're just immediately reminded of how absolutely magical her voice is and how much she should just be the cinderella in every movie i don't really think that that could possibly go wrong and it's just this sad, very sweet song about always chasing rainbows, never catching them. Everybody else seems to have the good luck. I don't seem to have any luck. Darn. Um, uh, no, that is not what I got from the song at all. Great. You guys, this song is such a bummer. <laughs> He's literally like, I'm always chasing rainbows, but I just end up looking at clouds. And some people look and find the sunshine, but I always look and find the rain. She's literally singing a song about being a glass half empty person. Mm -hmm. And also that, like, she's sad. 
She is sad. And she's she's hemming this massive pink monstrosity of fabric while this is happening. And as the song ends, we hear Cinderella. I love a classic Cinderella bellow yes. from outside the shot. I'm delighted every time it happens. It's great. And if it happens multiple times in a row and Cinderella has to run back and forth in opposite directions a whole bunch, that's even better. Yep. So this this cry of her name has startled Cinderella out of her uh, rainbow-themed sad song. And she jumps and goes, coming, sister dear. And then we cut to the bedroom. And we see our stepsisters for today, who are played by Dick Van Dyke and Carl Reiner. They're also wearing very silly-looking undergarments. Picture the kind of lingerie a clown would wear in a PG way. Yes. Like there's a lot of wide stripes and interesting shapes. They're also wearing Marie Antoinette head pieces. Oh yes, we are now an old timey French. Yes, this is old inspired Cinderella. Yeah, one of the sisters is making an attempt to speak in a very unconvincing falsetto. This is Carl. Uh, and Dick Van Dyke is not making any effort to change his voice whatsoever. And is zero. just zero. Just none. And is wearing like red and white stripy pajamas and is just roasting the other sister. They're, they're getting ready for the ball and they're putting powder on. And they're putting powder on using... Um... A powder like, pillow the size of a pillow. Yeah, I was going to say like a pillowcase full of flour. And so they start ragging on each other like, oh, if you're trying to put powder on your face to cover the cracks, you'll need to use like 20 pounds of cement or something. Then they kind of start sniping at each other because one of them is like, the prince promised to dance the first dance with me and you're jealous. And so the other one goes, well, laddie, daddy, da, but is clearly jealous and at this point, they start laughing so hard that they are actively, like, breaking character. Like, Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> They can't get their lines out. I think at one point, one of them braces his hand on the other's shoulder to, like, support himself. They're while having... trying not to make eye contact because he knows he'll break even worse. And then within the show sort of in character they're like we have to stop laughing and say the next thing yes also every time there is a a jab of one sister to the other they hit each other with more flour from these flower pillows so the, the room is just filling up with flour it's it's very funny there's a big burst of powder every time the pillow connects with the other one's face mm -hmm. so you get like a very clownish, big pie in the face effect, but also a big almost explosion. Yes. And we get this 17 times. This happens all the time, it happens every single time they speak. And you're right. The one sister is like, well, he has the first dance with me. And then the second sister is like, well, he has the first dance with you because he has the first intermission with me. Woo, 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 woo. And <laughs> then the second sister is like, yeah. He has the first intermission with you because he wants to curry comb his horse and they hit each other with powder again. Great, great, great. I'm so glad you brought that up because what does that mean? 
I'm not sure. Either the implication is that the sister is horse-like, or that he would only want to be with her to do stable chores. Either that or curry comb his horse is a really weird euphemism for something that I don't understand. It's definitely a burn, but I don't know where or why. They also at one point spray a whole bunch of perfume into each other's faces and like cough because it's gotten in their mouths. And they comment on the smokiness of the room. They're like, oh man, this room is getting really smoky because it's full of flour. <laughs> so at this point, Cinderella runs in. They immediately turn on her and one of them goes, why have you taken so long with my dress? And she's like, I'm so sorry, sister dear. Here's your dress. The Dick Van Dyke sister is like, well, where's my dress? And she goes, I'm so sorry, sister dear. I still have to finish pressing it. And as she says this, she bends down to help the other sister with something to pick up something to be useful. And Dick Van Dyke, the sister, goes like, why you? And swings the big pillow at her face. But she has, of course, fallen to the ground to pick up the thing to be helpful. And so hits the other sister in the face. And it's just, it's just really great slapstick. Like, this is just, it's not super new. There's nothing super innovative about this. It's just really good slapstick. Their timing is just so good. And it's just, like, perfect physical comedy. Like, mm -hmm. they just, exactly right. Yeah, no, this is just definitional slapstick, what it's supposed to be. So in the next scene, Cinderella is singing again, and she's just talking about, like, how wishing will make it so. And then her fairy godmother appears. Sure um, does. Sure does. And her fairy godmother is uh, Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove, essentially. Yes. Not, not the actual actor that voices him. I'm not talking about Patrick Warburton or whatever. Um, no, just, like, the essence of Kronk. She's not sure why she's there. Uh, nope. She's doing her best. And she tells Cinderella that she's there to keep her company. Um, you, you've left out something quite important, Talon. Um, who, who is playing the fairy godmother? I don't know. I'm face blind until you mentioned oh, that the stepsisters Dick. were played it's... by the same two guys. I had assumed there were six guys in this movie. And now I'm beginning to suspect that there are not. <laughs> And I was hoping you wouldn't call me out on it. Nope, too bad. It's Dick Van Dyke. It's Dick Van Dyke as the fairy godmother. And he's wearing a massive sparkly silver dress. He's very ditzy. Dick Van Dyke as the fairy godmother asks Cinderella why she's there. As in the fairy godmother. This is difficult to talk about. Yeah. So Dick Van Dyke, the fairy godmother, shows up and is like, I'm your fairy godmother. Why am I here? And Cinderella's <laughs> like, I don't know why you're asking me this in a facial expression. And Dick Van Dyke's like, oh, I thought you might like some company because your sisters are going to the ball. And she's like, no, I wanted to go to the ball. And he's like, of course you did. Of course you did. It's so great. I love Julie Andrews playing the straight man role. It's so um, funny. She's just so good at it. So her fairy godmother tells her that because of all her goodness and kindness and sweetness and all of that, she's going to get to go to the ball. And she's trying to tell Cinderella to bring her all of the regular Cinderella things, 
she's trying to make it rhyme and it's not quite working not going well it's just like awkward the rhymes are bad she's she doesn't have the flow it's an it's unfortunate mm-hmm. and cinderella says you know for 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 your godmother you don't write good poetry and she immediately goes like well no i know that and you know my wand leaks at which point she holds up her magic wand which is literally like a wand with a star on it and it's spraying water and that's what she does magic with it bends at one point and she says she's allergic to fairy dust but then she ends it with but i try my best and i'm so honest <laughs> it's amazing it's the best so I I love her and I support her and she does a really good job. Cinderella brings her pumpkin. The fairy godmother is doing that thing where you're driving your junker car and you've got a friend in the car with you and you just whisper to your car like, please don't embarrass me. Uh, <laughs> that, but with a magic wand. So she's yep. like, don't let me down. She has Cinderella close her eyes, count to three, tap her toes together, and Make then the wish. fairy godmother takes the wand and kind of very aggressively flicks it down, slapping her own leg, then doubles over in pain. But everything works. Uh, yep. Suddenly, Cinderella is in beautiful French court wear with a mm-hmm. wig. Mm-hmm. There's a genuinely beautiful carriage with like flowers on it okay and the fluffiest little white ponies they're so fat they're so fat this is a beautiful sleigh it's all like open and curling metal so it's not it doesn't have walls it's not enclosed it's just this lots of like curly q rococo silver wire and all these really beautiful roses and again four little tiny miniature white horses and they're so stinking cute and they're just on there and they're attached and they pull them away and so i just did this stole my heart it's the best the fairy godmother leans into cinderella and is like you have to go to the ball but you have to leave at midnight and works himself into a corner where the rhyme is difficult and so cinderella like helps him figure out the end of the rhyme so that the rhyme ends appropriately and then it's like okay good night and then cinderella goes to leave and the fairy godmother is like actually wait let me catch a ride with you to the end of the lane i have to go kiss a frog and just like hops on the back of this little wagon and they're drawn off by these four little chunky white horses they're just going clop 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 clip, clop clip it's the best. I love them. I love uh, them. My next note is very French ball mm-hmm. because everybody is just like very aggressively French and has the powdered gray wigs. But there's more than three people in the room. So again, I was led to believe that this was a full cast production. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of extras in for this one scene to put in costume and dance. And they're doing a great job, and the set is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And the production values on this are shockingly great for all that it's 10 minutes long. Yep. So, just a little bit of a spoiler now, guys. I had watched this several months ago because I 
wanted to make sure it was actually a Cinderella because it wasn't clear. And so I knew what was about to happen uh, in this ball scene that is so, so fundamental to the story of Cinderella, really. And I, I did not tell Talon. Nope. Nope. So Talon, what, um, what happens at this ball? So at this ball, we sort of pan over to the side and there's presumably Dick Van Dyke is standing there. That's actually Carl Reiner. God damn it. There is a man in court dress standing there and next to him is Julie Andrews in boy dress with a cute little mole on her cheek. Being like, who is that stunning woman? And she's so intense about it. It's so great. I swooned immediately. Julie Andrews is the best prince we've ever had. She was so dashing. So dashing. So dapper. She's wearing like a cloth of gold suit. She looks very stunning. And she's like, who is that lady? And he's like, I have no idea. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go introduce myself. I don't care that you don't know this. And then puts on a little, like, half... What are those masks called? The little Domino one masks? Domino mask. Puts on a little gold domino mask and goes to dance with Cinderella, who is not wearing a mask. So this time Cinderella is played by Julie Andrews and a person in a gold suit who is exactly her height and of slender build wearing a gold domino mask. And we don't hear them talking, but they do dance around the room animatedly for a little bit. Okay, so it's one of those trick shots that's like a very basic practical effect where when you have two people next to each other played by the same person you only show them with one person facing the camera and then the back of the head of presumably the other person and they very cleverly like switch off a couple of times Mm -hmm. so that it almost looks like Cinderella and the prince are like spinning around a little bit and it'll cut to like a first person view of the prince played by Julie Andrews, and then it'll switch to a different perspective with a first-person view of Cinderella, played by Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Yes. It's genuinely delightful to watch. We do see that the stepsisters are also at the ball. They are wearing truly, truly garish clothes. They're pink uh, with stripes and black fringe and lace. It's clown core. Yes, it's absolutely clown core. They are over at the drink table just having martinis. And so many olives. Throwing olives at each other. One of them makes like an empty headed joke and gets a straw full of liquid and puts it up to the other one's ear and blows and water comes out of the other side. This is this is an empty headed joke, but it's it's a very silly practical effect. I really liked it. I enjoyed how bright their costumes were because it's kind of like almost sapia toned in the recording. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, did they stand out. It's also great they're not even trying to dance with the prince. They don't care that Cinderella's there. They are literally just there for the martinis. It's And to bully each other. And to bully each other, yes. Uh, obviously, that is their dynamic. But it's it's so great. But then but it's midnight. It is. And Julie Andrews as Cinderella... This is hard to do. You're right. Um, <laughs> Julie Andrews as Cinderella goes, <gasps> Midnight! And she's so emotive. She's just such a great actress. She's such an incredible actress. So she goes, midnight, and just runs away. And then Julie Andrews as the prince begins to run after her and very dramatically stops beneath a giant 
prop clock the size of the entire wall behind her mm-hmm. and like picks up the glass slipper and just dramatically holds a pose in front of this clock. Uh, at this point, I would like to mention that Julie Andrews is such a good actress that she had chemistry with herself. Yeah. And it was one of the most believable Cinderella meets the prince moments we have had. Yeah. I believe they're in love. I don't know uh, how else to say it. Yeah, yeah. Hard agree. Hard agree. We cut to the next morning and the stepsisters are in very silly dressing gowns that are in bright colors and their hair is in very 50s curlers and they are as hungover as it is possible to be. The clock is going off, which makes the transition from midnight to morning like very well done. Mm -hmm. So a big grandfather clock is chiming the hour. They are so hungover that one of the stepsisters just takes the clock hands in her hands and kind of pulls them around until it stops making sounds. Cinderella in the background is making them breakfast in this giant black metal witchy cauldron and humming, Someday My Prince Will Come, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And she is like, good morning, sisters. And they're like, oh my god, stop shouting. They basically hiss at her like they're vampires and she's the sun. It's so good. They then gag at the food put in front of them. They it's are like so gruel. very hungover. It's it's some sort of like gloppy oatmeal stuff, and they are just I mean probably everyone knows porridge. Everyone porridge. in fairy tales eats porridge. True. But I mean everyone knows that if you're really hungover, you need like protein and carbs. You you need like a, a hamburger or some chicken or something. What do you think would be the best uh, medieval hangover meal? Medieval hangover meal. Probably like some roasted bird. I was just thinking you'd have to have like a turkey leg in one hand and like a really sharp aged cheese in your other hand. I feel like if you had some fresh bread like hot out of the oven with some like nicely roasted chicken or duck or pheasant or something, that would probably really help, especially if you had a lot of butter on the bread yeah i feel like that would be be good anyways (laughs) so carl reiner as dressed up as a messenger flings open the door and comedically loud trumpets play for kind of a long time and the sisters respond perfectly they fling themselves out of their chairs they fall over they're covering their ears with their hands the messenger says you know hear ye hear ye i'm here, to try on the shoe there's a shoe happening and in the middle of his explaining what the shoe is there for and what he's doing the trumpets play again for no reason just to upset the stepsisters and comedically interrupt him it's it's great he tries to talk and he has to like pause because of the trumpets so he's inconvenienced by the trumpets and for some reason it's hysterical it's really good Dick Van Dyke as stepsister number one is like, oh, this shoe is mine. It's my shoe. That's great. And he runs up and grabs the shoe and puts it on his foot and goes, it fits. It fits. And then starts to try to walk on it and goes, ha ha. Ah, ha ha. Ow. Ha ha. Ow. It's, it's phenomenal. And finally just takes it off and is like, this is too painful. I can't do it. This is, by the way, while he walks around in a stagger in a circle, like a 
peg-legged pirate kind of walk. Delightful. Then the other stepsister, who is wearing striped stockings, mm-hmm. just announces, it's my size, my perfect size. And she tries to put it on, and of course it doesn't fit. So she goes, oh, well, it just has to be eased a little. And she reaches over to the table, the breakfast table next to her, takes a knife and grabs some butter on it and butters the bottom of her foot with the knife. And it's very silly and very gross. And she tries to put the shoe back on, but because it's all buttered up, it like slips off her foot. And when the other stepsister tries to catch it, it like slips out of her hand. And it ends up in the announcer guy's hand, at which point he notices Cinderella aggressively <laughs> dusting right behind him. It's so great. She just comes up right next to him, shoulder to shoulder, and starts dusting. And it is he's like very conspicuous. It's the best. We've seen all these Cinderellas be like, oh, I'm I might also exist here. No. Julianers is like dusting dusting right next to you and he's like oh, i don't suppose you'd like to try on the shoe and she's like oh i would and carl reiner as the messenger goes that's a fool's errand but the prince said i had to try the shoe on every woman in the land and puts the shoe on and he goes oh, madame which is an old callback to a joke that used to be funny from a thing that he used to do that I'm not familiar with it. It is a callback, I promise. It's still pretty funny, even if you don't have the the reference, though. And then the trumpets happen again. And in the middle of it, he's like, I need you to stop, okay? Like, relax. And the trumpets he do the, like... walks out of the house to do this and, like, waves at them with his hand. And they go, they make the like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa trumpets fading sound (laughs) and then dick van dyke is the fairy godmother shows up and goes snow white and he's like oh you're not snow white that's not a dwarf i'm in the wrong place um (laughs) the messenger goes go fetch the prince and the fairy godmother goes i thought he was still a frog and carl reiner the messenger responds to that line with no the one with the shoe fetish it was incredible so good and dick van dyke as the fairy godmother is like oh yes that one and walks out of the doorway and off the stage and then julie andrews the prince shows up and says oh my lady i've seen and then is interrupted as dick van dyke the prince shows up next to her in the same costume repeating her lines it is very confusing because he's never been there before. Nope. I didn't know if I was supposed to know who that was. <laughs> and I didn't know why he looked exactly the same as her. It's it's genuinely confusing what's going on. Fortunately, um, they stop the show to have an argument about it on stage. And Julian I, I'm I'm gonna, I promise. Juliander explains that in English pantomime, the male lead is always played by a woman. And here my notes start. So, the reason that in British pantomime, the traditionally male hero is played by woman is because in 1843, theater licensing was restricted to 
like a royal patent approval. And so you had to run all of your shows past like the queen, the king, to get permission. So there was a lot of puns and wordplay and shenanigans that were just not allowed. So the Theaters Act in 1843 removed that limitation, and then anyone just could make up whatever play they wanted. So we get all these extra serious, weirdly funny words and puns and wordplay and audience participation and chase scenes and risque things. And it was very risque for women to show their legs because this was the 1850s. So to add an extra element of risque, they would just have the male lead be played by a woman in like very close fitting tights and like a short tunic top as a guy. And the thing is, it was totally normal for a female character on stage to be played by a man because there had been so many bands on women appearing on stage for so long. So it was not that unusual. People were used to it. And then it just became a way for male comedians to like really enjoy their roles as the ugly stepsister, the evil witch. Just it became a great platform to move their comedy forwards. So uh yeah, British pantomime, you get cross dressing. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that why Peter Pan is traditionally a girl, or is yes. that just a separate thing? Nope, that's why. Wow. Yep. That's <gasps> why he's in tights. Oh no, it's it's supposed to be sexy. We're supposed to be like, damn, look at Peter Pan. We are, because we're in the 1850s and we're seeing an entire lady's legs oh oh wow i don't very like that this Too is bad. very cursed knowledge nope so julie andrews and carl reiner are explaining to dick van dyke that it's tradition like that's how this works and dick van dyke is having no part of this he goes well i'm starting a new tradition because if there's going to be any kissing going on in this happy ending i'm going to be in the thick of it and he walks over to julie andrews as cinderella in servants clothes and well, Julie Andrews, as the prince, watches this happen from it, the doorway. Yep. And he goes to kiss her, and the shoe kind of gets in the way. So he takes the shoe and he throws it, and we hear this hilariously over-crashing sound of the shoe <laughs> breaking. It's, if you broke 40 windows in a row, that's the sound that we hear. And Julie Andrews, the prince, and Carl Reiner, the messenger, are standing in the door being like, well, this... Hmm, this does break with tradition, but he seems to be doing very well. And then... The line is, but it seems to be doing him a lot of good. Okay, so in the outside universe that this play takes place in, Dick Van Dyke has been having a bad day. Oh. <laughs> and Carl Reiner is the ghost of Drury Lane, where English pantomime really took off. Why? Because it was the 70s. Why are you asking questions? Don't do that. I didn't ask a single question. I'm talking to the demons in my mind. Just, <laughs> it's fine. So they kiss, Dick and Julie kiss, and then we're done. Yeah, that was, was the end of it. Nine minutes and 40 seconds. It was good. They were all good. It was so good. Here's the thing. This movie has one review on IMDb, and it's a one-star review being like, <gasps> I didn't like this. And say. I want to write to this person. I used I had to exercise all of my self-control to not respond to this person and be like, How dare you? Have you watched the Cinderellas that I until you have seen the horrors that can be a Cinderella, you have absolutely no right to dismiss this absolute gem of a show. How dare you? How dare you? 
So that was the show. <laughs> I appreciate your restraint. Yep. So um, what what were your highs and lows? Oh, okay. So my high was the fluffy ponies. I was not prepared for how fat <laughs> and little they were going to be. And I just really, really liked seeing some cute ponies. Yeah. Um, my low was, I didn't have a low. It was all good. Like, huh. Let me think about it. Okay. Here's the low. My low was that Julie Andrews didn't make out with Julie Andrews. That would have been great. Yeah. They clearly, they clearly led me to believe that that was going to be the natural progression. And I feel cheated out of yeah. a happily ever after with two Julie Andrews's. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What are your highs and lows? I also love the ponies, but I think my high was when I watched this the first time the moment that I realized that Julie Andrew was going to be playing the prince, <laughs> I screamed out loud a lot. It was delightful. Yeah, the, Julie Andrews is the prince because she's one of the most compelling princes we've seen. Like, Oh, absolutely. Just she's she's striking. She's bold. She's captivating. She's intense. Romantic. She's romantic. I just I love I love Julie Andrews as the prince. Um, my low is definitely that this is only nine minutes and 40 seconds. I could watch this for 90 minutes. This is amazing. Why isn't there more of this? I would watch a full-length production of this. Absolutely. Again, but it has to just be the three of them in all the roles. I yes. don't want any other people. No, they've got all of the people that they need. Yeah. So what would you change about this movie? Yeah, I would change the ending so that Julie Andrews ends up together with uh, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think it would have been nice to get like an ending scene, like full stop, a wedding scene or something. I just feel like we didn't get, we didn't get the payoff to the whole and the prince and Cinderella are reunited. So this is, you know, this is made in 1974, 75 something. So this would be a break in the space-time continuum, but I think that we should have gotten a marriage scene with Julie Andrews as the princess and Dick Van Dyke as the prince and Carl Reiner as the minister being like, marriage. <laughs> that would have been great. I would have loved that. What about you? What would you change? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, I want this to be longer. I would have liked more time at the ball because we really do just get one dance scene and no conversation between Julie Andrews, the prince and Julie Andrews, Cinderella. And I think it would have been really nice to have another basically two scenes at the ball where they go out for punch and we just do creative editing so that they have this long conversation with each other and the stepsisters do more silly antics. I would have loved to see the stepsisters fall in a fountain. Yes. Yeah. I I would have also liked to see the stepsisters at the end. Like they or didn't to react dance. to Cinderella be the princess. To be fair, they were pretty busy being the other characters on the stage. 
Well, they could have had them stand on one side of the room when they're those characters, and then on the other side of the room as the other characters. And as they slowly pan, they run around the back and change costumes. Again, I'm also fine with that. I, I think that that would have been been nice. So I think we could have used just a couple of extra scenes just to really, really make this perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you think our listeners should watch this? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I just, I don't know how you could have listened to that and think that that's not what we're about to say. You should absolutely watch this it's it's on youtube it's less than 10 minutes it's just so great you guys we've done our best to describe it to you but julie Anders is just the best and julie Anders as the prince is just so surprisingly refreshing i i love it <laughs> all right so final grade for this movie this is definitely an a okay i think i think i'm starting off the season with two a's in a row yep I'm no. going in strong. You you gave the last one an A minus, so. No, I don't think I oh, did. <laughs> no, you didn't. You gave it an A. I'll cut. Never mind. I'll cut that. How about you? What are you grading this? This is an A plus, hands down. The things that I didn't like about it was that there wasn't more of it. That's, like, that's not a, I mean, it's a downside, but only because there's not more of it. Like, no, this was an A plus, ten out of ten. Love this. Uh, everybody, take notes. Whoever gave that one star review on IMDb, I will find you. I will hunt you down. This is an A+. I changed my mind. I agree. It's an A+. Yeah. I was just like, as you were saying that, I went on this beautiful PowerPoint journey in my mind (laughs) of all of the beautiful sets and all of the slapstick, but like in slow motion with the powder flying everywhere. No, absolutely. It's an A+. I can't think of a single bad thing about it. Yeah, just absolute delight. Well, I guess uh, I guess it's almost midnight. I, I guess it is. Cool. So thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at the Cinderella Podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbity bobbity bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at acopatech.com. So, Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching something called Cindy from 1978. I think this is like a Harlem-based Cinderella. I'm a little concerned. I am very intrigued. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews. So we'll see. But, you know, two in a row going strong is, is pretty great. So I feel like we can weather weather a bad one if this winds up to be not so hot. I think, I think we're on a streak. I think it's going to be good. Going to be great. Going to be great. Okay, well, until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after.